Don't you ever take for granted the privilege of getting to go to church. That's under attack. There is a reproach that comes with being a follower of Christ. We in America have tried to reshape the whole church so that it's palatable and likable in the culture. A church that is accepted well with the culture is usually not accepted well with Christ. The church is a fortress, and a fortress is strength. A fortress is might. Not only a center of defense, but a place of strategic planning and offense. Our God does not expect us to wait for the darkness to enclose around us. He expects us to take up His banner and fight the darkness with His light. You want to know what the biggest problem with America is? The wolf is this country. Gave in. Gave in to public pressure. Gave in to political correctness. One of the greatest curses this country has ever had to deal with is political correctness. Preparing the Christian to shine the light against the darkness of this world. Welcome to Our Mighty Fortress Podcast. I am your host, Ron Miller, and welcome to the show. We have a fascinating subject to cover today, but first, please go ahead and hit that follow or subscribe button on the podcast platform in which you're listening to us upon. We have several social media platforms, all sorts of material that you can listen to and read. Be sure to check out our fan page on Facebook. All you have to do is type in at Our Mighty Fortress and you'll find the page. The page is growing more and more every day. We could use the support. You can also visit our website at OurMightyFortress.com. We host a lot of media there. We will find articles and videos and even access to our merch store where you can help support the work. But if you do feel so motivated to support the work that we do here, you can feel free to donate through our website and the established PayPal link. If we've helped you in some way through our work, please tell us at OurMightyFortress at gmail.com. By following and supporting the podcast, you let me know that you care about the subjects that we discuss. Today, I want to talk about fear and how it affects the mind and body. It is said that how a person handles fear defines their character. That may not be true in every case, but we do know that there is definitely enough truth to that statement for many situations on this matter. Fear can take a variety of forms and can lead into anxiety and even depression. Now, anxiety and depression are really subjects all on their own, and we'll do those at a later time. But I want to zero in on fear. That being said, when we look at the possible outcomes of fear, there must be a way to deal with it before it evolves. This is greatly important because there's not a person alive, past, present, or future that has not or will not deal with fear. We're going to look at the root and starting place of our fears and match this alongside what God expects of his creation. We'll also take a look at the consequences of being fearful in our everyday lives. At the end, I'll show you how you can overcome fear and walk in a victorious Christian life. With that introduction, let's get right into this. There are many men, great and small, who have written on the subject of fear. You can go to any bookstore and you can find more than enough books, more than you can even count on, on how to handle fear in your everyday life. Fear is something that touches us all, and it can come in the best of times as well as the worst of times. 
how can such an emotion be one of the main bestsellers of millions, millions, and maybe even billions of books, audio, speeches, and seminars all around the world? How can such a topic produce that result? We're going to unwrap that question as we go along. But one can be tempted to just believe that, well, we're in the Western world and we have it pretty comfortable here compared to the rest of the world. And that means that, well, we've just gotten soft compared to maybe more rugged times in history. This subject has been addressed by many ancient writers. But let's just take a look at one of them from a more well-known ancient Greek uh, author and philosopher named Aristotle. In book two and chapter four, he writes, quote, To turn next to fear, what follows will show the things and persons of which and the states of mind in which we feel afraid. Fear may be defined as pain or disturbance due to a mental picture of destructive or painful evil in the future. Of destructive or painful evils only, for there are some evils, e.g. wickedness or stupidity, the prospect of which does not frighten us. I mean only such as amounts of great pains or losses, he continues. And even these, if they appear not remote, but so near as to be imminent. We do not fear things that are a very long way off. For instance, we all know that we shall die, but we're not troubled thereby because death is not close at hand. Fear is caused by whatever we feel has a great power of destroying us or of harming us in ways that tend to cause us great pain. Hence the very indications of such things are terrible, making us feel that the terrible thing itself is close at hand. End quote. Now, Aristotle defined fear in a very interesting way. He emphasized the suffering aspect or the pain or destructive nature of what would make us fear. He emphasized that fear is to circumstances more immediate and not something afar off. His example that we all perceive as afar off is death. Most do not sit around fearing death unless it's at our doorstep in life and maybe say the matter of cancer or something similar. We'll address more on that later, but let's look at what we already know about fear and how it affects us. First, fear can be either positive or negative in our lives, and a healthy fear can keep us from harm. A healthy fear keeps you from just walking up to a rattlesnake and randomly picking it up. Getting bit and dying a slow, painful death is not very appealing. I would say that that is a very healthy sort of fear. Another example that could be enduring chastisement from your parents as a child. Teaching a child what is right and teaching them morals keeps a child from growing into being destructive. Sometimes that teaching involves a little bit of fear and a little bit of pain. It helps mold and shape the child. We all need it. We actually admit it. We all need it. The opposite side of the spectrum is the unhealthy kind of fear that actually hinders your mental and spiritual growth. This kind of fear destroys the will of the person. This kind of fear comes from the circumstances of our life. This kind of fear will break down your body and cause it to malfunction. 
The unhealthy fear that comes into our life can lead to greater problems such as anxiety and depression, which can spiral out of control in the worst things. Compared to our earlier Greek definition of fear, a modern and simplified version is what Christian counselor and author Keith R. Miller defines as, quote, fear is the anticipation of what could go wrong or what might or might not happen. It is brought about by circumstances of danger or unforeseen events in our lives, end quote. How a person deals with this unhealthy fear will define their character. What do I mean by that? To fear is to be human, and that even includes what we defined as unhealthy fear. The Christian scriptures show that during the fall of man in Genesis chapter 3, that fear overcame Adam when God was calling for him, when he sinned, when him and Eve disobeyed the word of God and partook of the forbidden fruit, they were forever marred with that sinful nature. This fear can and will come naturally at various points of your life, and it tends to happen in the short term. As we said earlier, not many walk around fearing the future of their death, but most will fear what is immediate or in the short term. But one thing is for certain, the cause of our fears, the main root of where it all comes from, comes from the fall of man in the Garden of Eden, the origin of sin. Now we're going to dis discuss a topic that you don't really hear a lot about today, but I, I want you to be able to ponder this very carefully because this applies to many other subjects. In order to overcome fear, you have to come to the conclusion that you have a choice in the matter. In our naturalistic and materialistic society, we're taught that we're nothing but chemistry and matter. God says that we're more than that. In Genesis chapter 2 and verse 7, it says, quote, and the Lord God formed man of the dust of the ground, and he breathed into his nostrils the breath of life, and man became a living soul. End quote. The Hebrew word that's used here for the breath of life is nefesh. In this context, God is breathing in the living breath that gives man consciousness. In the scientific world, the study of consciousness is such a very delicate issue and it can keep a scientist from actually getting tenure because of where it leads. It points to God, obviously, and they don't want that. It is the untouchable subject that is handled very carefully because of its implications. What is important to take from what I said is that your physical bodily responses are different from your consciousness. For example, I consciously feel pain on my body, but I am not consciously pain. For instance, if I sustain a cut on my arm, the nerve sensors fire off, it alerts my brain, and sends signals that alerts my consciousness that something dreadful has occurred, bleeding and whatever. It's the body's reaction to it's like the warning alarms. In relation to our subject of fear, you may feel the physical responses take place in your body, but you are in full 
mental control as to how you respond. Secular science is so materialistic that they won't acknowledge consciousness as an in an official capacity. But one thing is for sure, you can choose to be fearful or not to be fearful. To erase such a decision is to erase what it means to be human. That very choice is what separates us from the animals. You could say maybe, you know, how could you be so bold to say that? Well, let me give you a practical example that stems from my military experience. This may help picture it a little better. This is a great example of how physical responses differ from a person's consciousness. As a United States Marine, we're drilled and trained into being able to set aside fear and accomplish the mission. At the time of training, there may be many of us who are tired of running the same drills over and over and over again because, you know what, maybe they've gone too long or we're just kind of annoyed, just the constant repetition. Maybe it's time for chow or you got to get back to the barracks, you're, you're ready to go home or something because it's getting late. Sometimes, as young Marines, we wonder what the point of all the drills are. We drill and train incessantly so that when the day of battle comes, our instinct is to set aside any fear and strive to accomplish the mission. A different conscious choice occurs at the moment when a Marine is faced with imminent danger. And at the decision of fight or flight, the training kicks in and the mission accomplishment becomes priority. I want to note that it's not that we don't feel fear as Marines. I have felt fear many times, especially when I was in Afghanistan. But what is important to note is that what makes us who we are in that training is that we're able to set it aside. We're able to deal with it. The second concept to note that is it's a practiced event. We drill and train over and over and over again so that when the time of fear arises, we can fight through and seek mission accomplishment. To fear something is both a physical and conscious event that takes place in your mind. Society can be so fearful of living that it consumes them. We're surrounded with fear right now. The more recent example of such is, hey, the coronavirus, right? There is a healthy fear at the beginning of the whole virus that came over and the reports of the possible millions of death deaths. But when the virus did arrive, it didn't perform as originally expected. Now, that's not taken away from those that did affect. And, you know, a very small amount of people were detrimentally affected compared to the masses who weren't. But the constant rhetoric of potential death and destruction from the media has left people afraid, so fearful to have any normal contact with others. Fear has gripped our society and even allowed the government to shut down our states, our businesses. They force us indoors to incessantly wear masks everywhere, keep us separated from each other. I mean, despite the science against, you know, mask wearing being really effective at all, but it doesn't matter. Fear is the motive. Fear is what drives it all. When, do, when did the fear of something a little bit more than the common flu stop people from living their lives? Fear 
is a very, very powerful emotion. We often think of death of being not only afar off, but sometimes maybe it's something more in a dramatic fashion. But when it comes to a person's time to die, there are many ways in which it can happen. A person can say, well, I'm just not going to leave my house and I can stay safe, right? But what greater percentage of people have accidents in the house? Here's some food for thought. It was recorded in 2018 that 125,300 people died from accidents in the house and almost 38 million more had medically consulted injuries. Now, how many of that 38 million could have died, but things went a, bit, a little bit differently in which they didn't? probably millions. Also in 2018, there were 38,654 deaths on the freeways. (laughs) I mean, really think about that. The U.S. freeways, almost 39,000 people died on the U.S. freeways. The total deaths after almost 20 years of war in Iraq and Afghanistan are around 7,000. You have a greater chance of survival in a war zone than you do on the freeways in your own country or even in your own house in the United States of America. All that being said, do we walk around fearing an outcome that you're not going to be able to change anyways? Do you normally drive down the road gripping the steering wheel in fear because you're so fearful of what could possibly happen to you? No, of course you don't. We don't do that. Why? Because we don't think about it. Well, that's a comp- that's a conscious choice. Do not fear you will die at the appointed time and not a minute earlier than God attends. God tells us in the book of Proverbs in chapter 27 and verse 1, it says, quote, Boast not thyself of tomorrow, for thou knowest not what the day may bring forth. End quote. What is he saying there? He's saying, first, don't be so consumed about what the you know you know putting things away for the future and about what the future holds pay attention to what happens today because you may not make it to say 60 years old or 70 years old or 80 years old you may you're not promised tomorrow focus on what you need to be doing for God today the other aspect of that of course is if a person is not a believer It's a a thought-provoking statement to get them to think about they can meet God at any moment. And that's very powerful. Now, this brings us to the solution of how one can overcome fear on a consistent basis. Is it some sort of Marine Corps training or is it something else? For a Christian, it's important for us to understand that our Heavenly Father is greater than any fear. His presence with us in every situation should give us confidence against any fear that presents itself. The book of Isaiah, chapter 41, and verse 10 says, Fear thou not, for I am with thee. Be not dismayed, for I am thy God. I will strengthen thee, yea, I will help thee, yea, I will uphold thee with the right hand of my righteousness. He is our rock and shield that will stand against any situation or foe. We have no reason to fear. The book of Romans in chapter 8, starting in verse 31, it says, What shall we then say to these things? If God be for us, 
who can be against us? He that spared not his own son, but delivered him up for us all. How shall he not with him also freely give us all things? End quote. Remember that previous statement about fear being a conscious choice? We must center our hearts and minds on God. This will truly bring about the confidence and courage to overcome any fear that presents itself. Marine Corps training and psychology can only take man so far, but God gives his children the strength and power to face and overcome any fear. Even in the midst of suffering, a child of God can have peace and have a smile on their face in the midst of adversity. The book of Psalms, chapter 61, starting in verse 1, it says, quote, Hear my cry, O God, attend unto my prayer. From the end of the earth will I cry unto thee. When my heart is overwhelmed, lead me to the rock that is higher than I. For thou hast been a shelter for me and a strong tower from the enemy. I will abide in thy tabernacle forever. I will trust in the covert of thy wings. Selah, end quote. The past, present, and future have no hold on the individual who is centered on God. We must trust God to know and provide what we need on a daily basis. This takes a conscious choice to set aside our fear and have faith that God will deliver. Courage is not only found with grand stories on the battlefield, but is also in the everyday life of ordinary people here in America it takes courage to set aside fear and focus on what is right and true. Isaiah chapter 43 and starting in verse 18, it says, quote, Remember ye not the former things, neither consider the things of old. Behold, I will do a new thing. Now it shall spring forth. Shall ye not know it? I will even make a way in the wilderness and rivers in the desert. End quote. What is God saying there? God is saying, set your eyes and your heart upon me. I'm, I'll take care of you. I'll make a way in the wilderness. I'll make the rivers in the middle of a desert. Place our trust and our hope in God. Fear can really not only come from our own thoughts and emotions, but it can come in a sort of societal pressure. That is no problem for a Christian whose heart and mind is centered upon God. Even if we're wrongly treated or justice is not being dealt in a fair manner, we know that there is a holy judge that will make all things right one day in the resurrection. All men will be addressed for their sins, and some to righteousness, those found in Christ, and others to unrighteousness, those who have rejected Christ. Either way, we can trust God to be the holy and righteous judge. It was D.L. Moody who once said, quote, Our greatest fear should not be a failure, but of succeeding at something that really doesn't matter. End quote. What was this preacher talking about? The common fear that a person has comes from unmet expectations and our uncontrolled emotions. This is especially true when we have the fear of the unknown. Western culture is very driven towards monetary success, money, 
we have such an emphasis upon ourselves and others about failure in this particular area that it's very easy to miss what is actually important in this life. Is it possible to succeed by this world's standards and completely miss what God intends for you? Absolutely. On the opposite side of that, the fear of not being able to pay the bills keeps untold numbers of Christians from serving God here in America. The fear of failure can come from family pressure, whether it's from intermediate family or some other cultural aspect even. Fear of the unknown has its many facets, but every one of us tend to fear what we do not know or understand. It can be health issues like cancer or something similar that can cause us to fear, basically fearing death. It can come from not having enough money to pay the bills or embarking a new journey or pathway in life. The root of fear is all dealt with the same way. It's placing your trust and your hope in God. He is the righteous judge. It's one thing to say that you trust God, but it's another thing to allow your life to be in his hands. A lot of times I think we as Christians say things, but we don't actually mean it, especially when our feet are held to the fire. I can paint pictures in, in ways that I've experienced personally, but I understand this concept. When I was in Afghanistan, there were men that I trusted with my life and they with me. We all understood that we had our responsibilities and we trusted that each would fulfill our parts. How much more should we trust the almighty God of all the universe? We read stories of men and women of God who were used mightily through their fears when they stepped forward in faith. Keep that in mind. This is especially true when it comes to the fears that we have and when we, when we suffer. The book of Job comes to mind and the amazing story of a man that suffered greatly. And it was suffering greatly, not because of anything that he had done. When we understand the purpose or potential use of our suffering by the Lord unto his will, it will bring peace to our souls. I did a podcast on this previously in podcast number six with a purpose. So check that out for more on that aspect. We have to come to the place that we're not promised health, wealth, and happiness as the prosperity gospel heretics proclaim. Now, I know we can say we don't believe that, but do you really? Do you really? We really have to change the way that we view God. And it's not through the American vision or the American dream sort of way. He is our Heavenly Father. He'll take care of us, but he'll also walk us through the fires of life. And even with those fires of life, I think you'll be surprised as to how those are used. Like I said, listen to podcast number six for more on that. No matter what aspect of fear you may be dealing with in your life, the response is the same. You could say, well, I'm not dealing with anything right now. <laughs> but don't worry. Give it some time. Much of what we experience and how we respond is a matter of perspective. How you see the problem will dictate how you respond. If God is not on the forefront of your mind when you view a problem, then fear can take hold. 
if the situation is dire and fear is overwhelming, having the scripture on your heart and mind will put you at ease. God will keep his promise to comfort you in the time of trouble. No matter the situation that presents itself, the first thing you have to do is to keep calm. Keep your mind under control and allow it to be rested and to be firm and founded upon God. Don't allow your mind to get out of whack and out of control. Now, this can happen in many different circumstances, but either way, it's a practiced thing. You have to practice this. It doesn't come naturally. Just like I said about the Marine Corps training, we drill and drill and practice. Let me give you another example of something that can cause fear. I remember seeing an accident take place on a freeway that I was on, and it happened right in front of me where the car flipped over multiple times. And I was formerly a, a first responder. And so when I got out, I came running over to the car. Now, there is a fear that's inside me that I guess I would get it. Probably the root of it comes from being a first responder where you're afraid to see what you're going to see on the on the scene itself. I mean, the gruesomeness of an accident, you don't know what you're going to see. I remember a car flipping in front of the in front of me on the freeway. I got out. I'm running down there. And that fear starts to well up like, oh, no, I don't know what I'm about to see. And then I come up to the car and you see a, a, a baby carrier tilted forward in the seat. And you're like, oh, no, I reach off. I reach forward and I pull it back and there's no child there. And then I speak to the mom that's there and I help get her out and, and she's OK. And there's nothing uh, terrible despite her car being really messed up. And, you know, she was really blessed that day. You know, going through that situation, you know how many people drove by and could care less, didn't even want to help? Now, that goes into another subject. A lot of times it can go into, and with many of these people can go off to a different subject, but how many people would be afraid to step in? I'm not anybody special. I had spent a considerable amount of time as a first responder and my training kicked in to be able to go and help in that situation. But what about you? If you saw somebody choking, for instance, would you be able to help them or would you freeze? What if you saw somebody drowning? Would you be able to go out there and save them? These kind of situations can invoke fear as well. But no matter the situation that arises, whether it's from a personal fear or an outside source causing the fear upon you, the very first thing that you have to do is to keep yourself calm, control your mind. If God is on the forefront of your mind, he will bring you the peace that passes all understanding. He will allow you to make the calm, collected, and smooth decisions that you have to make no matter what situation presents itself. These are the things you're going to have to consider. Now, if you're not a Christian and you're listening to this podcast, I commend you for being curious enough to grow in your understanding on the subject of fear. I want you to know that you can have the power of God to overcome fear in your life and have the peace that passes all understanding. If you have questions about how to become a Christian or maybe you have questions about how to deal with a particular fear in your life, our email is always open. Send us an email at ourmightyfortress at gmail.com and we can have a counselor get in contact with you. You can visit our website, 
Or you can listen to podcast number five, The Rendezvous, and it'll tell you more about how to be a Christian. First and foremost is that nobody lives and dies under themselves, and you need to have a good community network to strengthen you in your time of need. This is why you need to be associated with the local Bible preaching church that's in your area. This will help strengthen you, and this is the plan of God. This will also help you overcome your fears when we do it together. I want to thank you for listening, and be sure to follow us on the podcast media. Take a look at our website, ourmightyfortress.com, and subscribe for more updates. Stay tuned next time for more great content, and remember to find your refuge and strength in our mighty fortress.